chapel speaker today. He's like a regular here. Mr. Seth Ebel is going to come and preach to you about what God has for you. So can you encourage him, please? Thank you, Miss Day. Thank you, Mr. Molina. You guys kind of have a dream team of, of leaders here, don't you? Yeah, it's really cool. I'm, I'm like, I wish I was in fifth grade. I don't, actually. I'm very happy to be a grown-up. But great to be with you guys. How's everybody feeling today? Good? All right. I see definitely a lot of familiar faces, as usual. I love that. Um, all right, so I came last week, and I... I loved what uh, Miss Day said because she's saying, we want to leave here changed, right? I heard someone a long time ago say, we don't want to just be smarter sinners, right? Like, like we don't want to learn something and just be a smarter person who's still kind of living the same way, right? Like, we want to encounter Jesus, and that's why we worship, and that's why we, we open up the Bible, and that's why we talk about these things, because we want to we have a real life-changing experience with Jesus, and we want that to inform the way that we live. Amen? And so last week, when I was here, I just want to see who is listening, but I basically said we wanted to do something more in 2024, and it, and it rhymed. You guys remember? You, back there. Trust God more in 2024. Give that guy some extra points or whatever. Like, that's right. Let's say it together. Trust God more in 2024. Trust God more in... One more time. Really mean it. That simple truth, you guys, if we, if we just simply took it to heart, if we said, God, no matter what comes this year, I want to trust you. I want to believe you more in 2024. Take a look at what Solomon wrote. King Solomon, these words were penned about 4,000 years ago, and King Solomon wrote these timeless words, and he said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Now, just notice what it says there. Don't lean on your own understanding. If you're leaning on something, you're relying upon that thing, right? If I were to lean too heavily on this podium because I'm a big guy, it might fall over, right? And if I'm leaning on my own understanding, that means I'm leaning on my own interpretation of reality. And God says, don't do that. There's going to be all kinds of moments and times in your life when you're going to be tempted to lean on your perception, on the only thing that you can see. And it might be overwhelming, and it might be fearful, and it might be scary, and God says, don't do that. Trust instead in me. Lean on me. And today, um, we're actually going to be talking not about that, but I just feel like it's a great theme for 2024 is that we would trust God more in the coming year. But what we are going to be looking at is the story of Jesus' baptism, and it's in Matthew chapter 3, and it's an absolutely beautiful, amazing scene. But to help us get there, I first want to ask a question, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but who here loves music? Who loves music, right? Worship. Pop, rock, alternative, whatever, you're just, you're a music person. Are you a music person, Ivy? Yes, you are. Beautiful prayer earlier, by the way. All right, hands down. So I love music, too. I listen to music in the car. I listen to music when I wake up, when I'm doing dishes, especially when I'm doing dishes, because I don't love doing dishes, but if I have music, 
it makes it a little more enjoyable, right? So I really began to love music when I was in high school because my big brother, Brandon, um, when I was in high school, he was a 23-year-old, and he started a record company called Tooth and Nail Records. Do you, does anybody know what a record company is or a record label? Have you ever heard of that? Okay, good. Hands down. So a record label is essentially the organization, the company that puts out the music, right? And it was a Christian record label. And the cool thing was when there were shows near my town where I grew up in Portland, Oregon, I got to go to those shows for free, right? I got to go to those concerts for free. But even more than that, they gave me a special lanyard that said, wait for it, all access. All access, which means I could go anywhere I wanted to go, right? I, I got to go places not because I was cool at all. I wasn't. I was just an awkward high school kid. Um, but my brother started this company, and because I was with him, it meant I got to go where he got to go. Today, you guys, what I want to encourage you with and what we want to talk about is our identity in Jesus Christ. The fact that God has made you new through your faith in Jesus means that you have this all-access lanyard around your neck. You may not see it, but everybody just, you know, feel it really quick. It's right there. It's an all-access lanyard, and it means that Jesus has changed you from the inside out. You now have a completely new identity because of what God has done through Jesus. Now, um, some of you have probably been in the car when your mom and dad has gotten pulled over by a cop, a police. Anybody been there? Wow, this whole row. Like, your parents are categorically disobedient to the law, it looks like. Um, okay, hands down. So when you get pulled over, what do they ask you? License and registration, or in other words, show me your ID, right? So I have up here my identification. Whoa, here it is. Ho, oh, hey, whoa, save. Okay. Okay, shh, shh, shh. So this says a lot about me, right? It's a not-so-flattering picture, but we're going to look past that. It has my address, and it has my height, and it has my weight, and it actually gets down to the details of my eye color. Isn't that crazy? This guy has brown hair. He's this tall. This is his address. This is his full name, Seth Jonathan Ebel. And the reason we carry around an ID, and I actually left it up here, so I definitely have to remember to take it before I leave. Remind me, Kelsey. Um, is, is, so people know who I am, right? So, so people understand that I am who I say I am, right? If a, if a cop pulls me over, I try to make the same face. Like, that's me. Trust me, you know? It was taken a few years ago. I'm a little younger in this picture, but that's me. That's how I'm known. Now, listen. Scripture has so much to say about our identity in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 actually says that the old is gone and the new has come. That when you put your faith in Jesus, you became a new version of yourself. Isn't that cool? And, and, and on your ID, it might read things like forgiven and chosen and a friend of Christ and beautiful through your faith in the Lord Jesus, and all of these amazingly true things filled with God's Spirit, cleansed, 
forgiven, washed new, given a new life, given new purpose. And all of those things are true about us. So in Jesus' baptism, we're going to look at just basically three things that we can take away from God the Father's love bestowed upon his son and take that into our identity and realize that God has created us to be new people as well. Okay, are you ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Yes, yes, okay. All right, so Jesus' baptism. So Matthew chapter 3, we're going to look at this. Quick, uh, quick little background, and we'll read this here in a second. But Jesus is, at this time, 30 years old, and he has not yet done a public miracle. Not that we know of. He hasn't done a public miracle. He has not taught to big crowds. He hasn't multiplied loaves and fishes miraculously. He has not even cast out a demon that we know of. But he comes onto the scene, and this is right before he begins his ministry, okay? And so, for, for all we know, he's basically living as a carpenter. He's probably still living with his mom and dad. But he's led out to be baptized by his cousin, John the Baptizer, okay? And here's what it says in Matthew 3, 16 and 17. After his baptism, so John had just baptized him, right? As Jesus came up out of the water. I want you guys to imagine it, envision it. The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And the voice, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So what I want you guys to see in these just couple of verses is that you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all present in this moment. Isn't that amazing? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all together in these verses. You see uh, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. We don't know if it was an actual dove or sure, but, but it, was, it, it looked as if it were a dove. And the Spirit, right? The, the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, and it means like breath. Like everybody go, ah. The, that's, that's the Spirit, right? Like the Spirit comes upon Jesus in this powerful way. And then not only do you have the Holy Spirit, but you have Jesus, of course, God's Son. And then you have God the Father, God Almighty, thundering from heaven, declaring, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. I love this. And it teaches us at least Three things. That simple statement, this is my son who brings me great joy, teaches us at least three things. And if these things are true about Jesus, and if we are in Jesus, it's equally true that these things are true about us. So number one, you belong to God the Father, okay? You belong to God the Father. It says in the New Testament we've been adopted into the family of God. Do you guys know... Um, I grew up watching the movie Annie. You guys know, know the, the little orphan Annie, right? I know. Me and the girls connect on this one. I was a big Annie fan. Not afraid to admit it. And, um, but it's a beautiful story, right? Because little orphan Annie, she grows up. She doesn't have uh, a mom and a dad. But then throughout the course of the st story, you've got uh, Daddy Warbucks um, and Grace. And they come and they adopt Annie, and she becomes instantly wealthy, right? Like instantly she's living in this mansion, and it's amazing, and everything is beautiful. That is a picture of adoption, and that is precisely what the Bible says God did for us. That he adopted us through the blood of Jesus into his 
family. Isn't that awesome? And so we've been adopted. We've been chosen. We belong to God. Man, doesn't it feel amazing when your mom or dad, like in a public setting, says, oh, yeah, you know, this is my son, and, and he's, you know, he's creative, or he's athletic, or he's smart. This is my daughter. You know, she loves music. She's, this, is, this is who she is. You stand a little bit taller when you hear your, your mom or dad say that, don't you? Because it means something coming from them. And in the same way, God the Father looks down upon us, and he says, that's my, that's my son. That's my daughter. I am claiming them as my own. The second thing that we learn from God's love over Jesus and over us is that God the Father has crazy love for you. Everybody yell crazy love. Crazy. Cra like cra crazy love. Crazy. And a good way to think about this is, uh, you know, it's easy for us to think, man, God looks at the world and there's, what, 7 billion people on planet Earth? And because he's infinite, not finite, we're finite. You know what that means? That means that we are limited. We have to go to bed every night because we get tired, right? We have to eat when we're hungry. We're, we're limited beings. God is not limited. And therefore, his love is not limited. And when it comes to loving you, I've heard it said he loves you as if you were the only person on planet Earth. That's the devotion, that's the attention, that's the particular way in which he sees you and he knows you and he loves you. Of course, it's equally true that he loves so many of us, right? But that's the amazing thing about God. Finally, and this is perhaps the most important, you bring God joy just for being you. Listen, guys, listen up. Jesus had not done anything up until this point. He'd been living with his, his parents, he'd been working a job, but he had not uh, conducted miracles, he had not preached, he had not gone into this public ministry, he had not yet died for the sins of mankind, and yet God looks upon him and he says, this is my beloved son, and I love him. And guys, we gain victory to trust God more in 2024 means that we, we need to operate out of a place of being sons and daughters of the king. Because when you know to whom you belong, that you belong to God, when you know that your identity is in him, right? When you know that, that you've been washed clean, you're going to live differently. And you're going to realize that it's not that God wants things from you all the time. Sometimes we feel like in church or in, you know, in Christian school, like, Gosh, I, I just, I have to do all these things, and God just needs more. I need to be a better student, and I need to be a better Christian. I need to be a better, stop, stop, stop. God loves you, right? And it's not that he wants more from you. It's really what he has for you. And that's what gets me excited, that 2024 remains this blank canvas before us, and God has amazing things for you as you trust him as you believe him, as you realize that his love for you is not conditioned upon anything. So, if I were to say, show me your ID, perhaps we would say this. Let's put those, those, that closing slide of all of these truths that are true about us. I'm not sure if you can read all of those, but look at that. I am washed cleansed and set free by the blood of Jesus. I am made new and renewed by the Holy Spirit. I am forgiven from the penalty of my sins. I am born again into a living hope 
Peter tells us, I'm united with Christ through his death and resurrection. I'm a child of God. I am in Christ Jesus. I am alive to God in Christ Jesus. I am set free by the truth. I am eternally secure in Christ Jesus. Romans, in, in Romans chapter 8, the apostle Paul says, so if, if all this is true, if God is for us, he says, then who can be against us? Right? You're already on the winning team. And so as you live in, into 2024, you guys, I just pray that you will realize that identity, that you will live from that identity. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for these boys and girls. Thank you for who you've made them to be. Thank you that they are a new creation in you. And I do pray that in 2024, they would be able to receive your love in new and profound ways, that they would be able to walk with you in new and profound ways, that they would experience more of you as they put your trust, as their trust in you more in 2024. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.